What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast. That's right. It's the Anything Better podcast with Paul Verzi, Bill Burr, and our producer, Andrew Themlis, out there in Beverly Hills. And you guys are listening <laughs> to our Halloween episode number 39. What is that? Tres Nueve? Is that the right way to um, I don't know if that's how you say, well, uh, that's how you say three and nine. <laughs> I don't tell you say 39. I can tell you this right now. The the best football players that I ever saw were number 39. Yeah. Tough number, I Paul. I know none. Yeah, because there hasn't been a great 39 in a while. The one that first popped in my head as a Pats fan, number 39 from the USC Trojans, Sam Bam Cunningham. Wow. Sam Cunningham. Okay. Uh, and then also from the Miami Dolphins. This guy ran wild. Part of the last perfect season, Larry Zonka. He had that uh, he had Larry that little Zonka. thing there like a bull, like a bull's nose. And that guy used to just plow through us, man, with the black cleats. Back when they went back when the, the the fucking goal post was right on the end zone, right on the goal line. Was he on that undefeated team? Yes, he was. He Him was. and okay. Jim Kick. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Bob Greasy under center. Paul Warfield out to the right. Um Garrow, your premium, almost fucking the whole thing up. Yeah. That was Dude, a kicker. After bald, 35, like he ran a car wash. After 35, the numbers kind of stink. But I think once we get into the 40s next week, but 39 is tough. I couldn't think of a 39. I didn't I even have a baseball one. Let me let me look up a baseball one real quick. Uh, greatest MLB number 39 player. I mean, I can't think of any... 39. Well, oh, wait, Dave Parker? Was he 39? I don't know. Okay, here we go. Let's see what we say. What was, yeah, what was Dave Parker? Dave Parker, the Cobra. The Cobra, Paul. Such a great nickname. Let's see. That's such a oh, great I don't know what happens here. Name, dude. I can't find, let me see. I don't, I don't know who it is, but we don't have time for this. Dave Parker. Number 39. Let's see if he wore it. Let's see if he wore it. Did he wear it? Why won't my internet work? Dave Parker. Images. Images. Okay, here we go. I got NBA. Dave Parker, number 39. Woo! Nailed it, Paul. That's great. You know what else? I don't know. Dwight Howard was 39. Uh, Dwight. What's that? Dwight Howard. Not Dwight, Dwight. Howard. Dwight. Dwight. This says Dwight. Dwight. This doesn't That's how you pronounce to... it. Okay. Dwight Howard. No, no, it's not. It's Dwight. No. It's like Dwight Gooden. Mm -mm. Right. I disagree. When he was out here, it was it became oh, Dwight. Greg Ostertag, 39, on the Utah Jazz back in the 01. I mean uh 2001. That is the most unathletic name I've ever heard in my life. Greg Greg Ostertag? Ostertag? Yeah, he was a big white dude in Utah. <laughs> so Sounds like he good. sells jeans at the Gap. Well, if you'd like, you can talk to our manager, <laughs> Greg Ostertag. Yeah. It's, what seems to be the trouble? He wasn't. I don't know if he was in there for too long. But um, you guys, right, Paul, you know what I would like to talk about, Paul? I would like to talk about the World Series. How okay. it is the Houston Astros, and it is the Atlanta Braves. Yep. And the national sports media is saying this is a nightmare series for Major League Baseball because it's the city of Houston and the city of Atlanta, and nobody cares. 
That's what he's trying to suggest. And it's like, isn't that something wrong with the fucking league? Yes. Because the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter who plays. Everybody's watching. Everybody's excited. Why is it that baseball, Major League Baseball, I mean, uh, uh, basketballs and uh, NBA basketball is another one with David Stern, that little slippery eel there where he was, who's your dream finals? He goes, the Lakers versus the Lakers. It's just like, what kind of league are you running here? Yeah. It's so a, if the it's Minnesota Timberwolves problem. comes there, nobody gives a fuck because you allowed all this. And you look at both leagues, both leagues allow pile on teams. I can't dispute that. Hey, Paul, I'm making points here. Because you know what? If the Jacksonville Jaguars play in the Super Bowl against, let's say, the whatever, the, the Cardinals, I'm in. I'm in. No, I, I want to see the Cardinals go. Yeah, Cardinals are exciting because they're undefeated. Yeah. But no, any team. No, no, but any team. My point is any team in the NFL, you're going to watch. You're watching the Super Bowl. 100%. Baseball. And then, then you got these other leagues where they 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 treat it like those Ocean's Elevens movies, where they get fifty two fucking movie stars, you know, all in the same movie. That's what they, they that's their their dream shit. Is they the NBA has basically decided that it's okay if the Miami Heat, the Lakers, Golden State Warriors just out of the draft became one of those darling cities that it's like okay, but I don't understand that at all. Like the Houston Astros, I mean, it's a great fucking story. That's a great story. They could actually win and be like, well, fuck you, man. You guys all said the only reason why we won is because we banged on those trash cans. Well, now there's no trash cans, and we're kicking your ass again. There's a story there. Okay? And then you got all those rednecks down there doing the tomahawk chop, and who knew they had cell phones, Paul? I thought they were <laughs> off the grid. I mean, I think it's fascinating. Uh... It's fascinating to me that the Atlanta Braves had to already built – a brand new stadium. But all those white people didn't want to deal with the traffic. <laughs> it's just, they didn't want to go to the inner city. So they just sold it to fucking Georgia Tech, which turned it, I think, into a football field. And then they built a whole other stadium out by the suburbs so all those white people could feel comfortable. Now, here's the thing, Paul. I actually didn't buy the traffic. I didn't buy the traffic until a few weeks ago when I had to sit in it because they were playing, um, the Braves were playing the Dodgers and the venue I was playing was like almost connected to the baseball team. So it was really exciting. But dude, we sat in traffic. I was looking at the same traffic like for almost 30 minutes. I'm not like 26 minutes. We were sitting there like, right. I'm like, there's my gig. I could have walked, I could have crawled to my gig in the amount of time. And I'm thinking like, you know, people got flat screen TVs, Paul. You yeah. got a popcorn maker, you know? Your wife is CrossFit and she looks good to you. Well, why are you going to go down to the stadium? If you listen, if you love the team, it doesn't fucking matter. And speaking of loving a team, Bill, can I just talk about this for one second? I just need, I need, I need my soapbox for one second because I'm going to tell you guys something that gives me joy to no end. Okay. Me and my son, when I tell you we are all in with the Knicks, we should be four and oh, we are three and one. We put up 112 <laughs> points last night with no player getting 20. Okay, which from what I'm hearing from analysts, that's a healthy sign. Okay, the garden is back. We 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 drafted a young team. We got kids 26 <laughs> years and younger. 
Okay. We're fucking shooting the lights out of the fucking gym. We beat a good fucking, we beat a couple of good teams. We beat a good Sixers team last night. We went into double overtime against the Celtics. I'm going to tell you guys something right now. My New York Knicks are fucking back. The garden is back. I'm not saying we're going to win a championship, but we're going to the playoffs. Uh, we might get out of the first fucking round. And I got to tell you something. I Nothing, nothing gives me more fucking. I mean, it's been years, dude. So I'm fucking thrilled. Paul, you are this excited every year. You say this every year, four games in. I just wish I had tape of you for 17 seasons in a row. Dude, we cleared the salary cap. Alan Houston is finally off our thing. We just got this guy every year, Paul. <laughs> Charlie Brown man. running in to kick that football. Paul, I, I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the Knicks. I don't understand why it has been this long. Me I mean, part of you is you had Isaiah Thomas in your front office. I mean, the guy helped bankrupt an entire fucking basketball league. What well, God knows what he could do to one team. Because right? we, we managed to have GMs that took a star two years from retirement and thought that the name would make us happy. And then he goes out there and he's a fucking shell of himself. And the garden is going, what the fuck? Boo, boo. And we're signing all these oldies. And now we finally look like we have the model of what the Warriors did by getting an RJ Barrett from Duke, by getting young players, by drafting these young players. And now they're starting to buy in. And let's be honest, Tim, uh, Tom Thibodeau is just He's just a raspy, horse voice fucking coach that screams defense. He was screaming at them when they were up 30 the other night. They were up 30 the other night, and he's going, get up. What are you? And I'm like, that's what we fucking lacked. So I'm really excited. And again, I don't know. I'm if happy Knicks, for you. I don't know if the Knicks are going to go far, but they're watchable, dude. They're fucking watchable. And it's fun. Dude, that's and how beaten down a Knicks fan is. You are this excited. You sound like you're going to win a championship, and you're just excited that you can watch them night in and night out. I've been so fucking buried. I'm, I'm working on this movie script. We're trying to sell this thing. And we had to do, a, you know, it was 120 pages long. We had to try to get down to like between 90 and 100. So I have been, dude, I have not, I didn't watch any football on Sunday. I have not watched anything. I don't know what's going on. You know, I missed that whole fucking scandal there, the stand-up scandal there. Uh, I got to show you something that's fun. You want to hear about like a liberal bias in the media? Like how they frame things. Yeah. So I'm not going to get into the whole fucking Chappelle thing, okay? Because I, you know, I, I'm not getting involved in that. But it said so. Caitlyn Jenner. I love how she spells her name. C A I T L Y N. Like that was my thing when when Bruce became Caitlyn. I was like, what is this? Some Kardashian, you know, publicity stunt. But when I saw the way that she spelt that name, I was just like, there was tremendous thought behind that. I didn't even know you could spell the name that, like, that way. So, Caitlyn Jenner has spoken out in support of comedian Dave Chappelle, right? And it, this is what it is, okay? No, now, she's transgendered, right? Right? Is that the proper terminology? She, I, You know what? I think, I hope I so. I think so, right? I think so, yeah. This is how they describe her. Dave Chappelle is 100% right. That's the quote. The former Republican candidate for California governor tweeted Tuesday. Like, is that even remotely her biggest credit? Even remotely. Like, is, right there, they're trying to subconsciously, I'm supposed to go, yeah, this conservative fucking Republican. son of a bitch. And it's just like, yeah. wait a minute. This person, this is a transgender person um, who watched it and said, no biggie. 
We are it's in the fine. Weird- and then all of a sudden, Republican candidate. What, because you're transgender, you can't be a fucking Republican? Dude, we are in the weirdest times ever. I did the Verzi effect this week. Giannis Papas was my guest, and we did the difference between a Sicilian vendetta and a Greek vendetta. And he made oh, the I like point. That. And he made a point where he said, the Sicilians, you're dead to them like head cut off, and then you never talk about them like they're dead, whereas the Greeks like an active enemy. They like to talk about the enemy. They like to see that person do bad. And I actually kind of, as sad as this is to say, I've kind of seen both on both sides, where the Greeks like to look and go, they're fucking this, where the Italians are like dead to me, right? So I tweeted it out. I said, me and my buddy Giannis had a good discussion on the Verzi effect. Here's a clip I hope you enjoy. Giannis writes back something. He goes, yeah, man, Greeks are psychotic. Doesn't get more Greek than Giannis. Papas. Giannis Papas. He can speak Greek. And dude, they fucking canceled. They threatened to cancel his account. Instagram went at him. Twitter went at him saying you can't talk about a group of people being psychotic. I mean, it. we are in times that are fucking... uh, Even my wife, who just ignores this, just goes... What's going on in the world? Like, what the fuck is going on? I know every every little thing becomes like the Cuban Missile Crisis. And what's funny is it's it's only like a thousand people talking about it. That's it. And everybody That's else it. is just sitting on the sidelines, going, "Wow, they're really yelling at each other." It's a small group. You're right. It is. I don't understand like, this whole. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't. I mean, it's just it's just like everybody just you know everybody fucking relax. Everything's gonna be is, fine. Is this a cup? Can I say cup? Is it okay to? <laughs> is this a cup? Dude, I was watching the fucking the weather when I'm in the gym and the guy's talking about how we're now going to have whiplash weather and all this. Essentially talking about the beginning of our ability to live on this planet. It's like the end of the world and he's doing it with the fucking smile on his face and there's no uproar. Like the uproar right now I think should be about fucking sustainability, plastic, recycling. Dude, I, I, I swear to God, dude, you put that shit in recycling. Oh, I fucking recycle. You stick shit in a blue trash can. And I fuck it. I bet I, you, the percentage of that shit that still ends up in the ocean is fucking criminal, dude. It's fucking yeah. criminal. I don't know what we're doing. That is the most insane thing to me. But that shit, that shit is way on the back pages, way on the back pages. And um, I don't know. It's crazy. But I just thought that that was if I ever I saw a, a classic example you know, who even remembers that she ran for, for governor? She didn't was, even get anywhere. No, it was a cup of coffee. It was like two days. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. came out. She went down looking. The point of that <laughs> they argument. They sent her back down to Hershey. The point of that was to say Republican. That's it. The point it. of that article was to say Republican. To That's say it. that and then to fucking try to get give you that little earworm and then not have you listen to what she has to say after this. Yeah. Is there anything better than being away from everybody and just trying to raise your kids to be normal, good people and, and watching your favorite team with your children win? Is there anything worse than dropping them off at school and just seeing the fucking mouth breathers that also banged and didn't have protected sex and you see their kids that your, your kid is not going to school with yeah, and you know terrible. there's nothing you can do about it? No, that's terrible. Is there anything worse than your kid getting off the bus saying, I heard these kids saying these things? What does that mean? And it's just the dumbest, most ignorant thing. I haven't gotten to that point yet. Oh, you will. That's a, that's, I mean, hopefully not, but dude, they run off the bus. I know, I know, I know. What does this mean? He said this, the older kid said this, and it's so horrible. 
and you just and you feel the innocence taken from your kid and you're like well i'm driving you every day dude i saw a woman the other day we were at the playground and her kids which were just fucking animals animals and the the kid pushed another kid down right and i'm just i'm clocking them because i'm sitting there going like these kids getting in my kids it's gonna be a fucking problem right yeah so he pushes the kids down and the mother comes over she goes i'm sorry my kids are bad it's like yeah what the well, fuck what, does that mean? What does she I mean? She tapped out. It's like, can, well, fucking do something about it. They're wild. I can't control them. I have fucking parents like that. What could you do? Boys will be boys. It's like, no, fucking put the kid in his room. Take away his shit. Yeah, you suck. It, it, it's like the, 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 it's a rudderless ship. Those kids are acting that way because you haven't given them any fucking boundaries. And now I'm sitting here. And I'm thinking about punting one of them over the swing set. And then if I do that, I'm a bad person. Oh, dude, you just brought back a memory of when this little boy ran my daughter over at the park. He just started running and he was like 15 yards away. And I'm going, he's not stopping. And Sophia was a baby, dude. She was a toddler. And this kid must have been like four. And he just, and he fucked. And I like, and it just like before I could even think, he just pulled down, pulled her over and she's crying. And his fucking fat grandmother like saw it and got up with a cane and started walking. And I go, but little boy, you can't, you can't do that. And I was just fucking glad his fucking grandmother was fat with a cane. That's how fucking mad I got. Oh yeah, the thoughts that you have for somebody hurts your kid, dude. I'm surprised I, I you didn't to be beat like, him. What do you mean? Like, what do you? Yeah, it's like that thing you just sparked it in me when you go. I'm sorry, my kids are bad. It's like, no, your kids don't have a fucking chance. You fucking dope because of you. Yeah. No, people oh. that like. There's so many people that like have kids that that like. There's not so many, but there's enough that have kids that like. If you're not gonna be involved. Like we're all gonna have to deal with them. Is there anything the- better? Is there anything better than a good parent? When the parent goes, "I'm sorry, tell that man what you're, what you're," and then I'm so sorry, sir, I didn't mean. Yeah, go tell. Him oh your- yeah, then you're like, oh, oh. Fuck, good, you're like, good. Oh, you're gonna that's- raise hopefully a responsible adult. I got one, Paul. I got one. Is anything, is anything better than a backbend? Oof. Nobody does backbends. I don't do a fucking backbend because you can't do it. Cause there's no way anybody can do like the down dog thing. Cause you can yeah. get on all fours, but yeah. no one can go the other fucking way after uh, 30 years of sitting in rental cars and behind computers. I got the, uh, this is like a free product thing. I got those TRX bands. Mm-hmm. You tie them across twice and you create like a loop and then you put it right on your lower back and you're able to reach back like that. Dude, I feel like a fucking new man. Pulling that psoas out. Dude, that's yeah. why you get lower back pain. That psoas yeah. gets really tight and it's pulling you forward so your lower back has to activate. Dude, a back bend. A back bend, yeah. A fucking back bend. And at the same time, there's like blood rushing to your head. You get up, man. I, I feel like I took a steam. <laughs> Yo, Bill, you're I'm not going to lie it. to you. The first time you do it, it's hard to breathe. There's something about your head. You're like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> you're making all these weird noises and shit. Dude, that's so funny. You're going to love this. So I go to physical therapy now, right? Because I'm in the last steps before needing the surgery on my, and I don't Oh, you're going to be bionic. Right? So he goes like this. He goes, come here. You got some time? I go, yeah, I got some time. He goes, I want you to do a couple exercises. So he puts a band between my, 
you know, like those bands that go, the, the stretchy bands. He puts them on my it's wrist. It's a band, Paul. It's, it's on your wrist. I got yeah, it. What's it called? I don't know what it's called, though, but whatever. So he goes, I want you to put your hands against the wall with the band on it, and I want you to do the clock, right? And I want you to stretch the band and do the clockwise this way, and then go this way, however you want to go, counterclockwise, right? So he goes, I want you to do eight on this side, eight on that side, and repeat it and do it eight times, right? So I'm like, get the fuck, dude. By the fourth one, I'm going, yeah, and he's looking at me, and my shoulder starts burning. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> I just stop for a second. I stop, and I go, ah, shit. He's going, no, no, I, I know it burns. <sighs> and I'm just going, ah. Dude, I'm going. How am I? It went from I went from me thinking it was the easiest thing to do to shoulders burn, neck burning, and I'm just going. <laughs> People are watching. <laughs> You're not a gym guy, Paul. Paul is a track guy. I'm gonna go for a walk. Steam, hot tub, steam, <laughs> bathrobe, towel around the neck. All the fun stuff. Amenities. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea how much fun there was to have at a gym until I started going to the gym with you when we were on the road. Remember me and you? Paul just walks by the, 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 the workout equipment. Yeah, the best was me and Bill do a steam. They give us robes. I think we were in Canada. We do a steam. They give us robes. Then we sat on leather chairs in this little room with TVs, and they gave us tea. And I just looked like this. Is, I stay here all day. Yeah. I remember one time we were on the road and you did like 20 minutes on an elliptical and you got off and you were like, no one goes harder than me at the gym. <laughs> you worked out like with a mom with three kids that had a half hour before she had to run out the door. I'm at least going to get 20 minutes in. You weren't even sweating. No, no. There was one I went with Bartnick where I stayed real long and he got off and I stayed like for a long, long time. I think that's the one you're talking about. No, I'm not. I'm talking about the one you did 20 minutes on. That's why I was fucking laughing. You didn't go longer than us. You walked out with all of us. No, but there was one time you weren't there and I went long with Bartnick real long. You see I what think... you just did there? You try to you're trying to insert that one into the time I was there when you said the shit, Paul. You're moving evidence around. <laughs> if I said the shit when you were there, I'm guilty. What are you going to do? No, no, you uh, said it, Paul. No, I did say it, but I didn't. You just said if I said it. No, but what I'm saying is I did it long. Oh, man, time. that's uh, my, my wife gives those apologies. What? Well, if that's what I said, then I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, no, you fucking said it. My wife gives those apologies. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, listen, if, if that's how I made you feel, like that's that <laughs> passive-aggressive... I don't know. I'm not a passive aggressive guy. I think you got me wrong. I'm not a am I a passive have I ever been passive aggressive in all the times you know me? I'm not really like that. Generally speaking, you're not, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me being calm. Generally speaking, I'm not calm, but I have the ability to sometimes No, you're be calm, calm in the you're calm in the times where most people aren't. That's the that's the genius about you. You're calm. You would be. You're calm at times where ninety-five percent of people won't be calm, but you freak in times ninety-five percent of people won't freak. That's one hundred percent me. I'm trying to think what I freaked out about the other day, and it felt weird because I hadn't flipped out in a minute. What's up, everybody? It is Roman. When the moment of intimacy arrives, you need to be ready. Roman, ready. 
Whether you've been in a relationship for years or are just getting started, having the confidence that comes from preparation means you're free to enjoy the moment when the moment comes. Even though you are far from the ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. That's a high number. Um, go to Roman, dude, you, you hammered and she goes for your junk. I mean, that counts, dude, 52%. I thought it would be less than that. Um, go to (laughs) Roman.com slash better Uh, to 70. I guess, I guess to 70. (laughs) Hey, what are you touching me for? I feel like 70 is not old anymore. I know that's weird, but like, I know it's because you're getting older. People are living to be like a hundred. Yeah, Dick taps out at about 68, though, it seems. (laughs) Really skews the number. Uh, (laughs) I was not surprised by 52%. The UFC guy comes in, the ref. Dude, you're married (laughs) a long time. You just tie. You just want to sit down. Uh, Go to (laughs) Roman.com slash better now to speak to uh, the U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile Uh. dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. ED is more common than you think. We just read that Roman is um, confident. uh, What's it called? Confidence personal personified. I'm sorry. Roman, you know, if women had dicks, they'd blame ED on us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Roman they, they would figure out a way Roman ready is confidence personified uh it is been wearing the same pajamas for like the last 10 years I'm just not into it <laughs> maybe if he get a nicer bathrobe <laughs> I just don't understand why this is all put on me why is ed just my problem sorry no, no, it's funny, man. I'm in a good uh, mood. Roman's ah. system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on packages. <laughs> hey, everybody, his dick doesn't work. We're going to fix it. There's a huge sticker on the box outside your fucking yeah, mailbox. Like a limp dick hanging down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. With Roman, (laughs) you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two days shipping. The whole process is straightforward, um, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash better. And complete the online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete online visit today to connect with U.S. licensed healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash better today. Um, if uh, and uh, if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. Roman ready. Put your helmet on, Thurman. You're going back in the game. All right. Dude, that's funny, dude. Your package, discreet package got me hard. I don't know why that's just. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to be thinking that. You know, if you're getting dick pills, you don't want everybody in the building to know. Your neighbor's like, Paul, you got a package. Just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You want me, to, you want me to walk? That's a federal offense. Get your hands off my mail. 
<laughs> Mind your business, Mike. Oh shit. All right. Um, okay, here we go. Oh, so now we go in. All right, all right. All right, my dick doesn't work, okay? Is everybody happy now? And I have to take these fucking pills to make it work. <laughs> I don't appreciate your dog on my lawn either, Mike. Just starts <laughs> labeling shit. Oh, fuck, dude. That got me. <laughs> oh, dude. Anybody? Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. What? I was walking, cell phone in this hand, and I was trying to fucking... Do something like put my mask on or something, but then this was just wide enough that I couldn't do it. I forget what it was. And I was in like the parking lot and I just yelled out, I go, Of course. And this woman was near <laughs> this woman was near a car, like fucking looked up like what the fuck? <laughs> but other shit, like I swear to God, if my house burned down, I'd be like, ah, no, you know, I'm telling you right now. Well, you know, it's kind of nice to not own shit, you know, you would fuck be it. somebody Let's... that I would want to be in a foxhole with. And I mean that like you're the thing, like if there was a killer in the house and the lights were off and me and you're in a room and you go, dude, he's in the house. You would actually be as crazy as this is. Bill would go, all right, dude, here's the thing, dude, just just go in there, lock the door, grab something. He comes in. You would be in, in a total where other people would. But yeah, like I speaking of that, I'm watching. You know, Halloween week. By the way, this is a Halloween episode, episode mm -hmm. 39 of Anything Better. This is our first Halloween episode. And guys, this is what I'm doing at night. You ready for this? Anybody? It's the greatest thing you could do. I like horror movies now. So what I do is go to bed. Kids go to bed. We eat dinner, whatever. Watch a game. 11 o'clock. Paulie goes downstairs by himself, sits down next to the dog slasher film every night of October. And I try to find the ones that like have suspense. I fucking Ugh. love it, dude. I love it. I hate horror movies. Oh, dude. I love it. A they good scare one? the shit out of me, dude. I don't, well, I tell you, don't watch those, those, the fucking Japanese ones or the other Korean ones. Those guys, they don't fuck around. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're trying to ruin your life. Yeah. No, dude. <laughs> I saw, I one, saw one, uh, I could never get through it. I ended up having to go do something, but I had nothing, no desire. This woman and a kid. So it's perfect, right? Female and a child. And there's no man there to protect them. Not to be sexist, ladies, okay? This wasn't Ronda Rousey. This was just some woman with the kid, right? And there was some fucking thing in there. It was called Babadook or something like that. And the fucking thing, I just remember the thing was just be going at night. It would be going, Babadook, Duke. Duke. I don't, it sounds fucking stupid, but I swear to God, this thing scared the shit out of me. And I, I got yeah. mad at the movie. I'm like, they shouldn't have fucking kids in horror movies. Oh, dude. That... Dude, I hated that one. The, uh, fear, the Ring. So... The Ring. I actually thought the American version of The Ring was scarier than the original. Um, you dude, I told you this one. I watched, I watched one sometime. I watched this one movie called Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. All right. And it was like back in the day, a lot of horror films were scarier than today's because, because they had bad special effects. It was all about building up to suspense. So I watched this movie, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. And I'm trying to remember. It was basically, there was some special needs guy, which was a big trope in fucking horror movies, I think, back in the day, right? Some mentally challenged kid, and some woman died. 
the hot chick in the town died. And I think the guys, the, the, the cool guys in town did something to her and killed her. So they blamed the special needs kid. They were like, it was him. It was him. He was like, you know, he was like one of these guys. He was like, you know, still living at home. He was like 24 or something. So they fucking chased him out into a cornfield and the kid was trying to hide and he got into the scarecrow. And then they were, they saw him in there and they all knew he was in there. They're all acting like, what is it? And they fucking blew the guy away. All right. So then like the next day, a couple of days later or whatever, you know, the guy, the fucking, one of the guys that helped kill him is hanging in his house with his hot girlfriend. And she's just going like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate all the work you've done around here. Blah, 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 blah. And she goes, yeah, when did you, uh, oh, and when did you put up the scarecrow out in the field? He goes, I didn't put a scarecrow up there. And then they just cut to the fields like, Kink! that noise and the fucking thing is out there. The same oh, fucking dude. And this guy goes back and starts killing all of the guys. Dude, it was so fucking scary. I was actually rooting for the townspeople. I was rooting against a special needs kid who was killed. I wanted him to kill him again just so I could fucking, the movie would be over. You, you sound like you get mad when you get scared. Like, my little brother gets mad when he gets scared. There was this movie in French called Martyrs. And, dude, it was about a woman who had multiple personality, and she was a fucking psychopathic killer. And uh, this one thing where she takes this guy's head, and she fucking basically slams it against a dresser with something, and the guy's head just rips off, and blood starts squirting out. And my little brother was scared. So he just goes, that's fake. <laughs> he was so fucking scared he was he wanted it to be fake so much that he's like that's, that's fake but um no dude there's like i like the suspense i watch this one why why night. would you want to feel like that why would you just want to sit there being like fuck fuck and then now all of them they try to turn yeah. all of them into a franchise so there's always that little twist in the end, you know, after the credits or something, where you know the fucking thing's still alive. So there's no satisfaction. Like, it used to be back in the day, like, at the end, they killed the fucking thing. And then the next movie would come out, and they would show how it, how it you know, came back to life. Well, what's yeah, what's happening in a lot of horror movies now is you think that the what they're doing to make people, like, especially horror movie buffs come back is the main character who you think is going to survive. Like I watched this one, they got this kid in a van and they finally got him. They were stalking him the whole fucking movie and they finally got him and he's in the van and do the fucking killer just comes over and does that whole fucking tilt in his head thing. And he looks at a knife and he just puts it to the kid's neck and he just fucking does it. He just puts it in and the kid's going, ah, ah, and then, and then the kid's just head goes down and the kid dies and the whole goal of what the killer wanted to do to that kid actually happens. And then the news just goes, more bodies washed up on shore in the California, blah, blah, blah. And then it just ends with those fucking freaks still doing it. So it actually leaves you with the fucked up thing. And the fucked up thing about that was that's based on true events that was happening throughout college campuses and bodies washing up on the beach. So it's not the most wait pleasant thing, but it's Halloween. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, there was people killing college kids and they were washing up on the beach? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, basically throughout, I guess, a certain amount of years, a ton of kids were being bodies were being found ashore. And what was happening? You're just was, saying what you just said to me. Like, where did it happen and when? It happened in California, like like campuses that are near the water in California. Uh, this was happening. I, I got to look at the name of the movie, but it said this is based on true events that happened. And uh, they never actually found the, the, the group of people that was doing it. 
They didn't know if it was like a satanic thing, a cult. It was or a group of people killing college kids, throwing them in the ocean, and then they washed up on the shore in California, the state I live in, and I missed it. When did this happen? So there's a there's some uh, there's some stuff that people think that that might actually be bullshit. So um, the one of the guys pushing that theory. Uh, apparently he was on an episode of Tim Dillon's podcast, but he didn't even air it because he said this guy's out of his mind and he thought that maybe that was all bullshit. So not saying Tim's right or whatever, but maybe that guy's already killed. If you look into it, it might might not be as as tight as that story, but I did hear about that, Paul, and I have heard people say that that's bullshit, that these are all separate. This is is what's funny about Paul. Is the movie okay allowed to say this is based on true events that happened in California? Sure, but they just don't know if this is actually something that was all done by the same people. The, I think that's what's being disputed. Part of the horror. It's part of the, like the marketing, Paul. It's all the same. Paul, but what's yeah, funny about you, Paul Verzi in real life reads people like I've never seen. But you get Paul eating some popcorn and some fucking candy in a movie theater, and he will literally think in the end yeah. that Courtney Love killed Kurt Cobain. <laughs> like, he just buys it. This fucking guy, one time we had a tour bus guy and like Paul in three seconds. I don't like this guy. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You're putting a bad mojo on the on the tour here. And he goes, he's selfish. He's fucking selfish. Dude, this guy redefined fucking selfish. Redefined fucking selfish. I still remember the guy's name, so I don't ever get that guy again. I appreciate that recognition. So, yeah, dude, you fucking, I mean, that was one of your great calls. I remember all time. I remember Jason Lawhead goes, dude, we're not even a quarter of a tank into this thing. And Bursey hates this guy. I knew what that guy was. It was all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we also had the greatest guy ever. We had Steve before that, Steve Moore. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? The uh, but you dude, you get into a movie theater. <laughs> I mean, you just go in. Paul I is love- just you you're buying it, Paul. The lights go down. If well, yeah. what's your candy? What's your candy? But Paul Bursey goes like it's it's a ritual. Paul goes to the fucking movies, yeah, and gets like I like I I don't think I've ever met anybody that enjoyed like I really like going to the movies. And I really miss it because of the pandemic, but like I used to like going to the movies with you just to see how like it was like it's, going with a kid. It's one of my favorite. It's because when my parents were divorced, we visited my dad on Sundays, and that's what we did. And movies were always therapeutic to me. That's why I miss blockbuster video. I used to tell Stacy, I'm going to the movie store. And dude, I would just peruse. I would go up and down aisles. Bill, I would go up and down aisles. I was best friend. I was not best I just love that you said peruse. Dude, I was such dear friends with the, the manager at Blockbuster. I'd walk in. What's up, man? Hey, did you see that one? Oh, shit. That was, I swear to God, it was like I was talking sports in a barbershop. I loved, I loved it. I love movies make me feel good. But you are right about this. When I see the words based on true events or based on a true story, nothing gets me more excited than that. That's one of my big ones. <laughs> That's one of my big ones, dude. Well, you, you know, freak- at that point, like the liberty that you can take when you write based on a true story can literally be like these guys went out fishing and their boat sank and they died. How is that legal? How is it legal to like make like see people victims die and say this is based on things that happened? The same way they can say something is non-fat or has no trans fat, but it actually has a percentage of it. It just comes down to like legal speak and money and influence and all of that crap. 
you know what fascinates me is like that Zodiac killer in the Bay Area and stuff. What fascinates me is that evil shit like that, that people have that evil in them, the, the, the serial killers without conscience, and they do that, and you feel horrible for these victims. But the fact that that exists out there in the world that we live in while we're having fun, we're talking football, we're laughing at farts, we're fucking eating fast food, we're right. doing all these we're things. We're prey, Paul. We're basically prey. We're like rabbits just fucking hopping around. You, you ever think that those serial killers like laugh at a fart? Or like, you ever think like, I was wondering if like Jeffrey Dahmer would like go into Starbucks like and like, would he just get a coffee and just be like fucking chill? Like, I always wonder what those guys do during the day. I always wondered if they thought about what they did. Yeah. Or like, did they have a favorite team? Like, you know, like I'm trying to quit cigars and you're just sitting there going like, all right. Did it again last night. I am not like they, I am not killing anyone. For the month of October. Like, they're sober Octobers. They don't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yo, it made me I like am only putting groceries in my trunk in the month of October. This, this I have, oh, I'm so God. upset with myself. I'm laughing like I'm high on this one. No, but like if Jeffrey Dahmer loved the Brewers because he was from Milwaukee and he's just like carving up a knife and it's like a grand slam. And he's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> Get him out of there. <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers, you know what goes great with beer? A nice calf sandwich. If they don't fire this manager, he's just fucking. <laughs> I swear to God, if they don't fire this guy by the end of the month, I'm going to track him down and eat him. <laughs> Dude, what is with Wisconsin? Uh, Wisconsin is like, you know, like Western Pennsylvania is where all the quarterbacks came from for a while. Dude, yeah. all the serial killers were coming from with like like the greatest, like the Jordan of serial killers, yeah. Ed Gein, where they made no, like. Wasn't Ed Gein, Texas or no? Oh, no, no. no. Texas, Texas was he Texas was such a fucking lunatic. They just took pieces of what the fuck he did. No pun intended. And they would build franchises off of that. Yeah. Like yeah. they, they, they couldn't do the all encompassing. Someone was just, just like, it was a treasure trove of horror that this guy, I mean, he just, he did, he had the whole, he was the guy making like fucking, you know, suits out of people's fucking, I don't want to get into this shit. He would just have no. like, you know, yeah. Like shit, lampshades and shit. Like his wind chimes were like jaw bones and shit when they showed up. I mean, the guy was a fucking lunatic. Uh, I was going to do a bit, but then I saw Sam Morell was talking about something, but like, um, do serial killers look at other serial killers work? And that was like a serious question. Like if like Dahmer's watching it and they're talking about like another they definitely guy. have. I bet they definitely have envy because there was that guy, the BTK killer. And oh, he wanted a nickname. Yeah, he, he wanted a nickname and they, they wouldn't give him a nickname. And he was pissed because everybody, you know, the Hillside Strangler and the Boston Strangler and fucking, you know, whatever that these guys get these nicknames, right? Um, son of Sam. And he had nothing. And then he came with that Bachman Turner fucking overdrive, whatever the hell he came up with. The BTK killer. You yeah. see the guy? He looked like he fixed watches. That was the scariest thing about no, that dude, guy. He was like a church going guy. Nobody knew it was him, dude. He got fucked because of uh, my brother told me the story of what finally made him. But he was like a church going guy that was just so. No, they unassuming. fucked with him in the media. They could tell that he had an ego. 
So they they were saying things, and then he got. I think I think that was him. And then he actually, they were able to draw him out by um, by making claims that they were getting closer. I can't remember how they did it. It was really brilliant. They get they. It was like you know how a woman gets you to say something so they, they can win the him. fucking argument. It always goes back to that with me, Paul. They uh they said that that last week or whatever, right, Andrew? They they said that the, that group of investigators or that group of private investigators said that they definitely one hundred percent said that the Zodiac killer was that Gary Post guy, and then they were like the FBI was like you can't say a hundred percent that it was definitely him, but he was like one of three, but they got it down to three guys that it was, and they all apparently they're well, all. That's dead. what's great about the DNA thing is they can at least bring closure to those poor people that fucking. I mean, dude, I saw one once. I can't. This is like such. I mean, it's Halloween. I saw this it's time. This guy, episode. this guy was addressing the, this guy that fucking killed his daughter. And the killer looked at the father and smirked. And the guy just fucking lunged across the table. And um, him. No, he tried to. I mean, it's just like in a perfect world. They should have let the guy fuck him up a little bit. Yeah, that's they literally know. go in there and they're protecting this fucking murderer. I don't understand it. That's why the mob does things better than the law. Do they, Paul? That guy wouldn't be that guy wouldn't be in court if it was, you know. Okay. And then he'd be leaning on you with your little Paulie's pizza parlor. And they'd be coming down. I don't know, Paul. I don't know. Something could happen. It's pepperoni all of a sudden, you know, you end up in the pizza. I don't fucking know. Do they, Paul? That's a good point. It is a good point. That is a, a good fantastic point. point. But I still like the idea of that piece of shit getting killed. I'll go with you on that one. <laughs> are you dressing up, Bill? Are you are you the are you the dad that dresses up with his kids or not? Dude, I had a hilarious idea for fucking Halloween. I was gonna go out as uh Mayfeld from the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, that would be fucking so great, dude. And dress one of your kids up as Baby yeah. Yoda. Oh my God! And then when people came up to me, I would just say that it wasn't me. Oh, that dude. That no, is... it's a mask, man. It's a mask. This is just dude, fucking. Oh my God! That looks just like him. <laughs> Go out and win a contest. <laughs> you fucked up if you lost. Dude, I knew this. I knew this. Oh, that'd be great, dude. I knew this fucking chick. She could sing her ass off. She used to work at Hilarities. Could sing her ass off, and she was a single mom. And she told me one night how she used to she used to hustle karaoke. Where she would go down there. That's great. You know, where they would they would have a contest. I go, so what do you, you go in there and just fucking win the thing and make all this money? She goes, no, nah, no. Nah, then you only get paid once. She would sing good enough to get third place, and then she'd come back a week later, sing good enough to get second place. I mean, just the control of her voice. And it's like, all right, this is the money week. And then she'd just come out there. And I'm just picturing people being like, wow, man, she's really practicing. <laughs> I mean, she's lucky she didn't get like, remember, uh, you, have, you, have, you, you, you probably never saw this movie. Did you ever see The Hustler? Of course. With I Paul Newman? Hustler. Yeah. I remember the when, they, when they then they figure out he's hustling them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like she's lucky that that didn't hit. Somebody gives her a fucking throat chop. But I was just like, I remember like listening to that story. I was like, dude, two times I was in Cleveland. And like hanging at that that bar, that martini bar, love that club. I love that bar. And women told me these like these fucking amazing stories. I remember one time I was there, and there was two women there, 
And like, hey, we enjoyed the show, blah, 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 blah. We start talking or whatever. And I go, so what do you guys do? And they go, we're gold diggers. They literally said that. I go, what? She goes, yeah, they laugh. Yeah, we're gold diggers. I go, all right, well, this is when Cleveland was really fucked up. You know, when... when um, were they fucking with you about your bit or no? No. Like, I don't even know if they went to the show. They were just like hanging out. So I just, I was like, all right. I'll bite here. How, how are you gold diggers in Cleveland? This place looks like it's going underwater. This is when Nick's Club was the only game in town on, on that 4th Street 4th there. 4th Street, yeah. I go, where do you go? And they, she broke the whole thing down. They would go to steakhouses, and they would hang out at the bar. And you think about that. The kind of people that go to steakhouses, it's usually an older guy, you know, coming down there with the blue sport coat. They would go in. They would start chatting these guys up. Wow. And a lot of them had courtside seats to like the Cavaliers. And then they go to the Cavaliers game and then they try to make eye contact with the player. And then their deal Whoa. was, is they never, they never went to the bathroom at the same time because they kept an eye on their drinks. And they also always made sure that they drove separately from the guys to the game. What? So they kept like the buffer. And she said, yeah, somewhere around the third quarter, they would start realizing they weren't getting laid and they'd start getting mad. But hopefully by then, during a timeout, you were able to make eye contact with somebody. Dude, I sat there like I was doing a, a radio show with Joe DeRosa. I got their contact info and I was trying to get serious. To, like, we got to fly them in to tell these stories. Dude, that's fascinating. I mean, once they said steakhouse, I was like, holy shit. Every time I go to the steakhouse, there's those fucking big watch cigar smoking fucking 100%. marks. You're yeah. a fucking mark and you're in your ego and you're crushing your business and you're a particular age. And these two cuties are looking at you and you yeah, I still got it. I'm still viral. It's still happening. And they're playing you. She's just fucking balls. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys like to do? I, you know, we like, I don't know. I'm a oh, big Cavs fan. Oh, I got a hookup. I'll take you to the game. It was amazing. That's premeditated. That's like serial killer premeditated. Dude, it was fucking amazing. Dude, I, I'm telling you, the two, two, I remember like, just, I would just sat there like this going like, I mean, that's fucking amazing. And I asked him everything. I go, so, so what happens like at the end of the night? And, you know, when those guys realized you played them or whatever, she, and she goes, yeah, they, sometime around the third quarter, they <laughs> realize they're not getting laid. And I'm just picturing the energy of that. And then what if this fucking steak drinking guy's had a few? But then what's the geniuses is they're in public. I mean, the whole fucking thing is just like, it's, it's so just worked out. Calculated, yeah. Um, but I thought, but uh, some of those girls would fuck. I mean, they are pieces of shit. Let's be honest. Um, I look at it this way. It's like, at this point in my life, it's just like they they didn't have the family structure they needed, unless they were born that way. You know what I mean? Because there are people that are just born like those serial killers. They're just born just not caring or feeling what about What ages things. were these women? What ages would you say? Oh, God, dude. This is going back to like 2006, so I can't remember. They, like they were under 40? Under 40? Oh, yeah. No? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and oh, and okay. they, but they weren't young either. They they had okay. some miles on them. Um. But like, you know, they were off that night, I guess. So they were just telling me those those stories or whatever. That's and, insane, dude. Yeah, dude. Dude, I've had some. I remember one time I got in a taxi cab when I was in San Francisco. 
and I got in there, and there was an Asian guy driving, and he had the most hardcore Southern accent I'd ever heard in my life. And I was like, this guy is a fucking star. Why? I, I remember calling the Opie and Anthony show going, you got to get this guy on because he was fucking hilarious. And I got in, he's just like, hey, how y'all doing? I thought he was fucking with me. And I'm looking, I'm looking at his face and I'm hearing the accent and it just doesn't match. He's like, oh, you know, I go, I'm like, I'm doing good. He goes, oh, it's great, man. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? I'm just I'm like, what? what the fuck? And I finally go, what happened? He's like, oh, yeah, man, I grew up in Tennessee. I was like the only fucking Asian guy out there. Da, 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 and all this shit. And then, he st- and then it got even deeper. Because he asked me where I was. I said, you know, I, I'm in, you know, I'm a comedian. I go, dude, you you got to call in a radio show. You should be on like Howard Stern calling in. They would this, this like you could make money, dude. This I've never met anybody like you. And he was fucking the coolest guy. And I started. He's oh man, I did that show business stuff for a little bit. And he started telling me, dude, he was an extra when they shot Dirty Harry when it was in fucking San Francisco. He was one of the people up on the counter. He goes, watch it. He goes, I was a featured extra. He came in. I talked to him a little bit, but you know they didn't. You know they don't talk to you much when you're when you're an extra. <laughs> Just sitting there going like, oh my god. Yeah. I remember I, I I I got his phone number, and I either gave it to Opie or Anthony, and I can't remember what happened. You know they had so many. You know Pat from Munaki guys. But it was just yeah. like I was trying to explain. I was like, "You got to get this guy in. This guy, and he had, and he had like, like uh, was really into politics, so he was getting passionate and the southern accent." Well, like, I tell you what the fucking problem is: so is weird. when you got the public schools are going by the fucking wayside. And he was cursing and all of this shit, and, and I'm just, I was just, I have never met anybody like this guy in my life. And I was, I, I didn't want the cab ride to end, and like he had me laughing my ass off. He was funny as hell. Um, trying to th- I've, dude, I've met some fucking people out there, uh, on the road. And I'm telling you, you know, if you just shut up and you listen to their stories, dude, like the fucking stories yeah, that some people have. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you meet like a veteran that saw action, you know what I mean? Like, but those guys aren't going to like really open up about it. You know, if they really saw shit, you know what I mean? That's kind of what I learned with those guys. Like the guys that saw much less start really running their yaps and you know the guys that are quiet you're like all right all right so there there's a there's a guy that i met in this business i did a festival in tucson arizona and i just hear this guy like this really weird and the whole place looked it was like looked at him and i met this guy and he started doing comedy he's one of the most fascinating people i ever met in my life and i actually talked to mike berlina about doing this guy's story and animating his stories this guy is like Forrest Gump. He he wrote two books. He was a Vietnam vet. He um he was a bookie. He's got a book called uh, uh, Confessions of a Bronx Bookie. Uh, he he tells me that the night the nineteen sixty nine you know he's he's the guy I told you. He says that the nineteen sixty nine um Super Bowl was fixed and he could prove it. And then you talk to him. He was a freshman in college at the university. Don't do that Florida. to Jet fans. Don't take their only title away. No, no, listen, this is, this is, I, I don't know if he's trying to sell, but <laughs> they, dude, this dude was one of the most sober now, sober now, uh, was a freshman in college. It was like literally like back to school with Dangerfield. He was a freshman at college at the University of Florida at 53 years old. He got his writing degree author everything and the guy just tells stories so i had him on the podcast when we did an all things comedy festival 
and I had Ryan Sickler and Court McCown and a couple people, and he came on talking. And everyone's like, who's this Billy O'Connor guy you're having on? I go, just watch. Dude, <laughs> Ryan Sickler's face. Everyone's like this. While he's talking, all these comedians who all we do is fucking blab and talk, we're just like this. <laughs> he, yeah. He just went into stories about gambling. He went into stories about parlays and teases and what they think when that happens. He went into stories about owing people money, drinking Vietnam, 9-11. And you're just like, and you could tell by his voice and who he was that it was, and he's a really generous, gracious guy. But like, you listen to a guy like that, you're like, what the fuck do I have to say? What the, this guy. Dude, I ran into a guy. I don't want to tell this guy's stories because I feel like someday he's going to write a book. He was a comedian. I'm not going to, I'm going to try to tell this as light as I can to not take this guy's story. But basically, he used to work security for uh, big rock bands. And one of his jobs was to figure out how people were going to sneak into the venue. And they were working some gig on an island. And he, he asked around, he figured it out, like the, the, the venue was like right up near the water where there was a harbor and had like a fence and these kids used to swim in and they would hop the fence and then they'd be in the venue. So him and his brother went down to the market and they bought a bunch of horse meat and they chummed the water right before the show and got a bunch of sharks in there. <laughs> what? <laughs> no one snuck in. <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, this guy... Wow. And I, all of the shit he told me, it all checked out. Because I remember he was saying he never wrote a book because if he wrote a book, then you don't get asked back by the band. And this one of his buddies, the band was going back out again. And he goes, hey, man, they're not asking me. And he goes, dude, you wrote a book. And this guy, he saw him on the tour. He saw him writing shit down on a little piece of paper. And he wrote a book. And, dude, it was the most obscure, out-of-print book and he knew the title of it and it was written by this security guy who was like in the early 70s. And I went online that night because the guy's stories were so mind blowing. I was like, I got to fact check this. And I looked it up and it fucking existed, you know, on like Amazon. You could buy some beat up copy for like 99 cents. And uh, dude, this guy had I was like, he go, he go, I go, why don't you just go on Letterman and tell these fucking stories? And he said, they've asked me to and blah, blah, blah. He goes, I don't. He just was a loyal guy. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So that's why I kind of told it like. Yeah, yeah. As light as I could here. But I, I love I love hearing good stories because a lot of times people always tell stories about, you hear this guy? I heard that guy's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah, this guy on an airplane. But I love hearing stories about the, the dopest story, the most gangster shit I ever heard in show business. I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple of stories. Um there's a couple of comedians that sit, did, did shit. Jay Leno has some epic ones, but the, the dopest shit I ever heard in my life was there's a famous Thai restaurant. There's a famous Thai restaurant in Vegas, right? It's fucking known. I forget. Locust something. I, it's it's huge, known. And uh, it's Christmas time. And fucking Smokey Robinson is in there. And he's fucking eating a place. <laughs> place is packed. And uh, this fucking dude, people are going nuts that he's in there. This fucking dude goes up to the owner. He gives his card. He pays for everybody. <laughs> and this is this is everybody proved this too. That they they I heard this from multiple people. He he paid for everybody in the rest in the Thai restaurant's dinner, and then sang, uh, uh, White Christmas, and then left. <laughs> dude, yeah. he sang White Christmas while people were eating during Christmas time and paid the bills and left. 
That's the most fucking gangster shit, dude. It is, but I gotta admit, if I was there, that'd be super awkward. I'd be like, dude, you don't have to pay. Just please stop singing. You don't have to appreciate I it. Smoke <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, that'd be like Sinatra, though. Like Sinatra just being like, hey, everybody, I just, you know, and then just. The summer wind came blowing in. And he's standing right next to you. You're like this. And you're like looking down <laughs> from across the sea. Is he going to sing both verses? All right, Frank. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. I didn't bug you during the meal. Like, why are you bugging me now? <laughs> It lingered there. That is funny. After the second verse, you're like, yeah. I'm like you. I like to be left alone. And walk with me. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you ever had to tell everybody he paid for the dinner so they were in it. He's eating with his horn section. They pull out their horns all summer long. They sang along. Oh, shit. Um. Oh fuck! No. Anyway, I I gotta kind of like wrap this thing up too, because like I have to have this this copy of uh, the script done by tonight. Oh, we're gonna be burning the midnight oil. I cannot wait for tomorrow, Paul, because the script will be done, and uh, I can just That's go back awesome. to my my regular uh, workload. I have no idea if the Celtics started playing. I have no idea what their record is. How are they doing? No, the Celtics went into uh, the Celtics went into a good uh, Charlotte team and won. That kid, oh, dude, that kid, what's his name? Jalen Brown, dude. He fucking yammed oh, yeah. it on some kid hard. It was like, it it's was. It's Jalen and, and Jason Tatum's team. It's been their team forever. And they just, I think they finally cleared out the way, you know. Dude, he didn't dunk on this guy. He dunked on this guy and then put his dick in his mouth, dude. He fucking, it was. That it guy's was, amazing. No, him and would, Jason dude, Tatum are, are, are what the, what everybody knows they need to build around. Those are our future, our future, and they're super young. And you just got me excited to watch the Celtics. No, he dropped he dropped forty two in front of me and my son, and and it was it was a great. Hey, game. Hey Paul, I I got the fucking NBA package and I got the center ice package. All right, I'll get huh? the NFL package. You think I, I got the NFL. Pa I got all the packages, Paul. I got them all. Guys, this has been uh, our Halloween <laughs> episode uh, thirty nine. By the way, thank you all. Who have gone to the merchant merchandise store of the Anything Better podcast? We got the sweatshirts and we got the t-shirts. They're going like hotcakes. Bill is Freddy Krueger. I am Jason Voorhees. It's a great shirt. My wife is so psyched because <laughs> anytime she sees tie-dyed, so uh, the tie-dyed ones are are great. And uh, there's going to be more stuff as the seasons go on. Please. Please continue to uh, like, review, subscribe to the Anything Better podcast. Get it on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, obviously, the Monday Morning Podcast, the Verzi Effect, YouTube dates, websites. Oh, and I'll be at my last date of the year. I'll be at the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. You November don't have any more dates? November 26th and 27th, and your boy uh. is taking December off. I am Fucking taking Fucking Paul Verzi knows December. how to live. Listen to me. My special is done. We're almost done editing it. We're going to name it this week. December, I'm home for the holidays. Make no mistake. Home for the fucking holidays. Paul's so. going to be buying pizza slices for everybody and singing, I'll be home for Christmas as he walks out. I'll fuck, yeah. I'll sing Silent Night for all the fucking neighbors. <laughs> Give a fuck. <laughs> hey, uh, singing for that fucking lunatic two blocks over. Silent night. Oh fuck! Oh fuck you! Fuck! Oh yeah, dude. That's. Um, I waved at him coming up the street the other day. Did he wave back? 
No, I don't even know if he, he's just like flying by. I will tell you this. If anybody hits my kids because they're driving fast, I'm my career is over because I'm killing somebody. But uh, hey. anyway, it's a weird way to end it. But anyway, uh, hey, you got that John Gotti gene. John Gotti yeah. did that. Shit. That was it. Never, never saw him again. No, no. Was, what was that guy thinking that he didn't immediately fucking move out? Yeah, it was. That's brutal, man. Um, anyway. This has been episode 39. Weird way to end it, but it's Halloween. So be safe out there. Go trick or treat with your kids. Enjoy yourself. Until next week, we are out of here. Take care.